0: Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge Podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire, and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now, here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome, everyone, to the Pockets of Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley. And with me today are my guests, Julie and Emma Lucido. Welcome to the show, ladies. It's so wonderful to have you on. Julie and Emma run the Filler Up Shop, and I'm so excited to learn more about it. Again, welcome and thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for inviting us. We're excited. I mentioned that. So you're the founder, the creator of this company called the Filler Up Shop. And so we're gonna be talking about how you started that, why you started it, and what the purpose is. Why don't you just begin by sharing what was the inspiration that prompted you to begin with this -er filler-up shop?
1: Sure. So I was a teacher for over 18 years, elementary teacher, and I had changed roles to Be a teacher trainer and sales for a company. When COVID happened, I pretty much got laid off immediately because no one was training teachers or doing selling or buying anything. So my husband just kind of reminded me that I'd always wanted to have a filler up shop. And he suggested maybe just open up the garage, get some product and see what happens. Now, the reason why I had always wanted to do that is a couple of things. I went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo and there was a gal in downtown San Luis that had a hair salon and she had it set up so that you could refill your shampoo and your conditioner with her. So she had big one gallon containers. When your shampoo was empty, you just brought it in, filled it up. And I kind of had forgotten about that then, you know, cut to... 20 years later, I was a volunteer at the Monterey Bay Aquarium and I was lucky enough to be on a shift with a gal that was doing a year without plastic. So every time I would volunteer, she'd give a little update on my year without plastic. And that reminded me of, oh yeah, I used to be able to refill my shampoo and conditioner, whatever happened to that. So she just kind of educated us on what plastic is made of and how much there is and how hard it is to find certain products not in plastic. Yeah. And so all of that just kind of led to me opening the filler up shop in our garage.
0: Well, that's awesome. And so, Emma, you are now working at the retail store, which you've launched within the last
1: year. It'll be two years in October. Yeah. 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 So I get my haircut at Top Knot Salon in Morgan Hill, and that is a green salon. That means that she recycles her products. She sends the foils that they do, the highlight. They all go back. And it's quite an elaborate system of what they use and what they send back to get reused and recycled. The owner, Michelle, cuts my hair. And so one day she just invited me to move from the garage to the garage behind her salon. And I said, yes. So I'm now on the same property as Tom, ta- not salon. And a little space, but yeah, real brick and mortar with hours, non appointment only. It's like a real store. Yeah. And then both Emma and I That's awesome. But with Aurora. We share space with a person. She's an esthetician. So we share so we had to get really clever with our space. We don't have a lot of space. So we really are very organized in there.
2: She also uses vegan all night. mm Is she? Is she
1: also green? Yes. It sounds like
0: that helped solidify the idea of doing this, right? Working with this hairdresser, who is—I mean—that sounds quite elaborate, but it's fantastic because it's so important that we reuse as much as we possibly can, and that's part of what you're doing, right? Is you're showing people how to reuse what they've already got, and so talk to us a little bit about that, like what's the easiest thing to refill and what do you see most often that people are trying to refill
2: we have our starter kit that has dish soap hand soap and what's the laundry one? soap and that is kind of what is pretty popular i would say easiest thing to start with so. yeah a lot of people you know when they come in it can be a bit
1: confusing you know it's a new thing it's a new program no one has done it before We usually suggest start with one thing, one thing. And usually it's exactly that, either dish soap, laundry soap, or hand soap. And then once you kind of get into the stream with that one item, then suddenly everything else becomes easier and clearer and you can kind of figure it out. But it's that first refill that gets everyone. Yeah. I could see
0: how hand soap would be a really good, easy one
1: yeah everybody has that pretty vessel next to their kitchen sink or their bathroom sink and you don't necessarily want to get rid of it because you bought it at home goods or bed bath and beyond so you want to keep refilling it and yeah so people do a couple of things they'll bring their container in let's say they'll bring in their empty laundry soap container or their empty glass cleaner container but some people also just bring in like mason jars And just clean, empty jar, vinegar jar, mason jar, mustard jar. And then they go home and refill into the container that they have at home. And some people just, they want to actually bring the real container, fill it and be done. Some people just want to do like a mason jar. So everybody kind of develops their own system. We sell everything by the ounce. Some people will buy in little eight ounce quantities. Some people will buy 64 ounces hundred ounces they don't want to come back for three or four months, so they'll buy a large amount. everyone kind of just develops their own style of the refill
0: sure and so what do you think that has been the most difficult point in really trying to educate the public on on this as an
1: option? This is what we talk about all the time I think it's just it's a new habit and we're asking mm. people to develop a new habit and Every, we're used to, it seems like either Target or Costco or like Walmart or Safeway, everyone's used to buying their cleaning products or their body care products at one of those places. And now we're asking people to stop doing that and refill their containers instead. And so it's, it's not easy. We get it. It's not easy, but it's always hard to start a new habit so that seems to be the barrier of entry is just people have never done it before it's unknown they don't really fully know what to do or how to do it so it does take people a while to come to the store and look around and, and get to that first item it's definitely a process before but mm-hmm. so it's just it's just that habit you know we all know what it's like to develop a new habit
0: Yeah. Talk about why this is so important though. And there's just something that shocked me in terms of the plastic and the percentage of it that's recycled. So share with us what that is and why this makes it so important to do what you're doing.
1: Well, we always tell people that it's really only eight to 9% of plastic that gets recycled. That's every year there's, I don't know, with the statistic, there's 5 billion pieces of plastic produced every year, and 8 to 9% gets recycled. That's it. Plastic, it, it's expensive to recycle. You can only do it once or twice, and then that's the life of the recycling. It just falls apart, breaks down. There's many different types of plastic, and you can't mix them together. So it's complicated. Recycling plastic is complicated. Whereas recycling glass or aluminum, not so much. You can recycle aluminum many times. I think at first, we kind of, we all believed that because we took that empty plastic container, we put it in that brown bin, which is the recology bin, that it just, everything in there got recycled. But then I learned, it kind of changed in 2018, China stopped buying plastic. They kind of got out of the plastic business. So if you don't have anyone to buy the plastic and you don't have people recycling the plastic, it just goes into the landfill.
0: Yeah. And that's not what any of us want. Right. So I think that this is your solution is so fantastic and that people can reuse their own plastic they already have by coming in, refilling with the products that you have available. So let's talk now about the number of products that you carry and, you know, the variety so that people have an idea of like what options are. You mentioned hand soap, you know, dish soap and laundry soap. And what are, are some of the other things that your guys are carrying?
2: We have, we have Castile soap, which is good for everything mm-hmm. in the world. You <laughs> could make makeup remover to floor cleaner to you could wash your dog to you could drink it. It does not taste good. But if you have babies that get into it, it's totally fine. Really, if a baby got into any of our products,
1: everything's okay. Everything is, well, we'll talk about that, Mm -hmm. the plant based stuff later. But But yeah, I always like, whenever anyone asks us this question, I envision the store. Mm -hmm. Like the first section of the store is everything shampoo, conditioner, body lotion.
2: Oh, yeah. And we have a bunch of bar versions of everything. Dish soap, hand soap, face soap, shaving cream, so that we have like a whole section of bars. And then we have lots of trinkets that are kind of things you can replace in your house that can be, when you do throw it away, it just goes right back into the earth. So Mm -hmm. things like your hairbrush, so that when you do get rid of it, Wherever it goes in the world, it's totally safe. And lots then, of things made out of bamboo, so compostable bamboo. Toilet paper. We've got, and then we've got lots of cleaners. We've got cleaners, all-purpose cleaners. Then we have shampoos, conditioners. We, we love- have color cure and dandruff shampoos. We have lotion. Everything for your dishwasher, so the yeah. rinse aid yeah. for your dishwasher, dishwasher stuff bunch of things in your house that you're using every day that you can and then a lot of like reusable like
1: eva was saying so most people go and they'll buy a bag of cotton balls but we have facial rounds that are made out of an organic fabric that you use to remove your makeup put on your toner or whatever and you just wash those we have and use them. and we do have yeah ton. so a lot of things like a non-paper towel that you wash it and use it over over A lot of people use mason jars. So we have a lot of things for mason jars, like the bamboo lids or the bamboo lids with a hole with a straw so that you can reuse over. Yeah, reuse is a big word. Refill, reuse are big words at our store.
0: For sure. It sounds like you have way larger variety of items. And I even thought you mentioned facial toner and -hmm. the fact that you've also got bars So it's not just liquid products. You've got bars that fantastic way to get a product and then it's just used and gone and then there's nothing left, right?
1: And that is so fun because we work with a company that's from Northern California and that's their philosophy. Nothing should be in a container. So everything that they do is in a bar and that's their whole thing. No containers are needed at all. So that's a great vendor for us to work with. Who would know that lotion could be a bar? I mean, lotion could be a bar. It's a shaving puck. I mean, it's yeah, they're amazing.
0: Right. And I've seen recently like the shampoo bars. That's another thing that's out there now that unless you have any kind of knowledge that these things are there, you wouldn't even know to try them, right? Yeah.
1: I go to the Morgan Hill Farmer's Market once a month. And so that's a place where I can kind of reach people that aren't necessarily looking For a refill shop. So them walking by is sort of exposes them to the mission of refill. And a really popular thing now is laundry strips. So if you're somebody that doesn't want to have a big jug or pour your laundry soap, they look like dryer sheets, but they're laundry soap with, you know, the water has been removed. So that's been really popular too. Just, you know, there's no pouring. The container is a paper envelope. Um So, yeah, you can really get yourself to where your carbon footprint is just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, which is the goal. Exactly. Zero waste. You'll probably hear that term zero waste. And it's even difficult for us to be zero 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 waste is quite something. I mean, to even at the end of the week to have just a small little thing of garbage is it's not easy. We never put that pressure on people like, hey, we need to all be zero waste. We just think, oh my gosh, if you can just refill one thing, you're ahead of the game. So so zero waste is great. And I follow like the zero waste chef who's from Northern California mm-hmm. and I'm in awe of her, but we just kind of talk about low waste. Yeah. And it's a starting point,
0: right? It's to get your feet wet, and then you can you know, begin to build this like a habit, as you said earlier. And if you can start replacing two and three and four things, then that's even better. But zero waste would be a huge goal, right? right? That's a huge goal, but just let's get our feet wet. Let's start with two or three products and let's see how much plastic we can stop using. Just no new plastic, reused plastic we've already got.
1: We have a customer that she's been with us since we opened in the garage and she's had the same Tide container. Mm -hmm. So that's three
2: and a half years with the same Tide
1: container.
2: Excellent. Yeah. Like, realistically, you could be using that forever. So you want to use what you already have. Yeah. Plastic does last a long time. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Just sitting out there in the ocean somewhere
0: <laughs> on a boat. No, I know, and it's some enormously large volume of plastic that's floating around in the ocean somewhere, right? I don't
1: even know what like the cubic feet is, but it's ridiculous, bigger and bigger. And they have the figure that I don't know in twenty thirty there'll be more plastic in our ocean than there are sea life. That's not something that wow. you know, you. Don't want that. No. And it's very basic. Like, okay, we don't want that. We want more sea life, less plastic, but we're not headed that direction. It's hard to get people to part with that habit of buying a new container every time, every time. We've just never been asked to not do that. And more and more refill shops are popping up. I mean, it's not a rare thing anymore. Lots of cities have refill Shops. shops, but it's just... It's not something that we're used to. You know, we haven't been asked to reuse our plastic and it's not like a mainstream message yet. We're trying to get it out there, but it's just that it's just trying to lessen the amount of plastic in the landfill, lessen in the ocean, just trying to solve that problem. And we can't. Yeah. And it sounds like education is a huge part of
0: what you're doing too, is just trying to educate people on what's happening with the plastics they're not being able to be recycled you can't mix them you know they're such a small percentage I mean these are things that like I had no idea so most people probably also don't know and that you guys are doing this as part of your mission is educating people on on these facts and you know what you can do instead
1: right
2: exactly I think yeah you know. Two other really big things that I've seen people not really want to change. I mean, you know, I love certain products. So that's why we're always saying maybe just try doing just dish soap. Because there's certain people that want the prescription deodorant, need the prescription deodorant. We don't have that. So, like, that's just not going to be a product that you for. Re- like, we want to be a force that is non-judgmental if you're just mm-hmm. old if you're always coming back in and you have these three products like i'm so happy that you're here like mm-hmm. so that's one big thing is people are saying i don't want to change all my products it's like you don't have to
1: that's a good point too because i mean we all know that you buy your shampoo at your salon or you have your favorite toothpaste. you don't want to change that we're good with
2: that no yeah, yeah that's yeah. fine
1: What could you change? And then usually it's, mm -hmm. well, I can change my hands up. Okay. Then I want be here
2: every month.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're not in the business of making you give
2: up all your favorite things. I feel like there (laughs) is a lot of guilt that comes when you go into maybe stores or with the propaganda talking about it or being like, we don't want to shame you. We would rather you were just here and... If you want to do a couple of products, like we're, we're happy about that. So that that's a big thing that I do mm-hmm. notice. And people are intimidated by, I need to change everything, but you don't have to.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that the attitude that you're taking about it is like, we're not judging anybody. We're not trying to make you feel bad. We just want to make sure you understand. And here's your options. And, you know, like I said earlier too, is. You just change one or two things. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. So much yeah. over
2: the years, Um that person, a- it's like a thousand bottles <laughs> that are just yeah. and that's, yeah, great. that's great.
1: You know, a lot of it is too, is just kind of awareness. Like I was thinking the other day, sometimes I like to look like at Target or some eleven and see what are people buying? And it's a lot of things like you'll see, like, maybe you're going to reach for a soda, and there's a, a aluminum can and there's a plastic bottle. They're always side by side in the refrigerated case. You know, just grabbing that aluminum can instead of the plastic soda bottle. I mean, that's a change right there. That's a new habit. And it's for the good. It's a good change. It's a good habit. Buying. And, you know, when I did my year at the aquarium and I, I still remember the gal came in and she had a plastic soda bottle. And in it was about a quarter cup of motor oil. And she kind of just talked about, you do realize it takes this much oil to make this plastic container that your drink comes in. And then it sits in the warehouse and it heats up and it absorbs this oil. Then it goes into the truck where it heats up. You know, by the time it gets to you, it's been heated, cooled and heated and cooled. Something about that really stuck with me. like. I don't want to be drinking that beverage inside that's been around the bluff with, with oil that's in my car. So that was a big learning experience for me too. just wait a minute, you know, what is in plastic? And now I'm putting that into my body and I'm not perfect. I do have things that I consume that come in plastic because I can't avoid it. If You look around, it's hard to find mayonnaise in the glass container. Certain things are really difficult to find. So even I'm not perfect about it, but I'm constantly looking for that non-plastic choice. I feel like it's voting with your dollars. Someone's getting that message that I'm not buying that plastic, whatever, soda can whatever, that I'm voting to not get the plastic. And yeah. Over time, will we'll that add up?
2: For sure.
0: You're absolutely right. That does send a message. And what's interesting is I think we're probably closer to the same age. And so I remember mayonnaise coming in a glass jar
1: as a kid. I know um, all the things ketchup was in a glass bottle, mayonnaise. And now you look around and it's not that way anymore.
0: No, I- squeeze plastic is like, because oh. it's Ease of use. Okay, sure, I understand. But then what's happening with that container that nobody can do anything with that? You know?
1: And sometimes I think too, like Emma, she didn't have ketchup in a glass container. So she's never known another way, whereas you and I have. I think that makes a big difference too that the younger generation doesn't necessarily know that these things used to come in paper or glass. And that's all gone away because, you know, plastic is much cheaper.
0: Well, in the short term, right? But in the long term, what, yeah, what is the cost? Absolutely.
1: Yes. So it's a, definitely a battle. If you go into a restaurant and you'll notice that there are to-go containers, there's a variety of to-go containers. And some of them are compostable and some of them are styrofoam, which is horrible. So even that styrofoam is super cheap. If I own a restaurant and I go and I get all my to-go containers, I'll get the price. What's the cheapest one? Styrofoam. What's the most expensive one to buy for my restaurant? The thing that's compostable. You know, that choice can sometimes be made by how much things are costing. So just trying to draw people's attention to these things. You know, we hear the. The re- reuse, reuse, refuse, refill. There's a lot of you know recycle. So, you know, you'll see a lot of people now are bringing their own containers to the restaurant. They're not even going to take the styrofoam, the compostable, the paper bag. They're just going to bring their Tupperware type container and take it home in that. And every once in a while, I just want to tap them and you know, yeah. get to. Uh-huh. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you know, that's maybe something I
0: wouldn't even have ever thought of is bringing my own container to a restaurant if I think that I'm going to have leftovers. I mean, never would have crossed my mind. And so you brought that up and that's a great point. It's something to think about. If you know you're going to go somewhere and you can never finish the meal there, why not bring your own container and then
1: just, you're going to want to put it in your fridge that way anyway. So yeah, exactly. So, and again, you know, none of us are perfect. Maybe you bring your container 50% of the time with you and you forget 50%. So, what? That's great. Right. I did want to say all of our, what Emma was mentioning, everything that we sell in our store is plant based and everything is paraben free and phthalate free. So, a lot of the uh, chemicals that you'll find in things on the shelf. Can be harmful to some people. Some people have really sensitive skin. Some people have psoriasis and eczema and are sensitive to scent. So we carry a lot of things that are unscented, but a lot of things that are scented with essential oil. We have a lot of things that are gray water safe. So you literally can water your plants with the runoff. So we're starting to get a lot of mothers who have children with sensitive skin and people with psoriasis and eczema. We didn't set out for that to be part of our mission, but people need products that don't irritate them. And that's what we sell too. Everything we sell is safe to go on you, but safe to go down the drain and in the stream and out to the ocean, not harming anything. You know, we vet it. It works great, suds up, everything's great. But just without the oh. terrible components that you might find in other posts.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. And so let's talk then a little bit about how people can, you, you had mentioned that you have store hours because it is a brick and mortar location. So if you're there, what are the store hours? And if you're not available, like how would people be able to get their things refilled?
2: What are the store hours? <laughs> store <laughs> hours. Uh, We are open Wednesday through Saturday, and then on Wednesday through Friday, we're open from 12 to 5, and then on Saturdays, we're open from 12 to 4. Every third Saturday, I'm at the Farmer's Market in Morgan Hill, and then Emma's at the
1: store that day. So we're closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but we have delivery. So you can go on our website and you can place an order and pay for it. And then either Emma or I will deliver it in Morgan Hill. It's free, free local delivery. And we have just a $5 charge to Gilroy and South San Jose. So that means we can be considered 24-7. And we even do it milkman style. So we'll come pick up your empties from your doorstep. We'll bring them back and refill them and then send you the invoice and then deliver them back. So many ways. I mean, sometimes people drop things off on our doorstep at home. Some people drop things off at the shop. Some people have us come pick up at the shop Then we refill it. Sometimes people come back and pick it up. Sometimes they want us to deliver it. Sometimes we leave it out front. We really are trying to make it super convenient, lower the barrier of entry. Just what do you need? How can we help you? Yeah, it sounds amazing. Like you guys
0: are being super flexible in trying to make this, like you said, easy as possible. How can we make this as simple for you, the -hmm. consumer, to make this transition? And that's awesome. I want to talk a little bit about you mentioned the that people will even leave stuff at the front of the the store for refill and you'll do that too and then that's excellent and then you mentioned milkman style as you called it and again we're about the same age so i know what a milkman is and you know <laughs> dropped off the glass containers of milk and picked up the empty ones so that's basically what you guys are doing is you're you're picking up empty containers from people and dropping off filled ones.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And we, you know, we have labels. So some of the containers we've labeled or some of them they've labeled so we know exactly what to put in it. And some of them are real sophisticated. They'll have a box or they'll have a bag and everything's labeled for us. And we can just come by and pick it up and fill it and then deliver it. Yeah, it's... Really nice. We have a, a POS system called Square, and it mm. makes it real easy. Kind of how refill works is when you give us the container, we weigh it and we get the tear, so you don't have to pay for the container. Then we put the product in. So a Square, we can then put in what everything weighs, and then we'll send you an invoice. You pay with your credit card online, and it shows you how much how many ounces of each product you got, and then we.
0: Bring it back. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that because I was kind of curious then when somebody comes in with their container, how does that all work? So you described it as you weigh the container that's empty. So you know what that starting point is. Then you fill it and then what
1: you pay the difference, which is just then the product. Right. Everything's sold by the ounce. So everything's kind of priced differently depending on what you're buying, but everything that's being refilled is by the ounce. We even have face moisturizer. So that's a little bit more money than let's say hand soap. And we have sunscreen and that's a little bit more money than body lotion. But everything is weighed and charged by the ounce.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I want to kind of transition a little bit and talk about the business side of it. And what was that like for you establishing a business not just running out of your house, but out of this, you know, retail location. What was kind of the process for that? How did you get that established?
1: When I made the switch to move from the garage into town, I had already done some things. Like I had done my fictitious business name and I had my business license even when I was in the garage. Um, Those things I didn't have to start from scratch. But then you have to look at insurance. I'm now ordering so that I have a back stock of items. And if I sell out of my garage, it's not that big of a deal. But now that I have a store, it is a big deal. With supply chain issues, trying to get ahead of the game and um, keep product, get new products, see what sells, see what doesn't sell. I have a little space, so I have to still store things in my garage. A lot of my stress comes from, as Eva knows, just that ordering new product. It's expensive. And so you're trying to not order too much, but you don't want to order too little. And shipping prices have gone through the roof. And I have never done retail before. I have no background in that whatsoever. Emma kind of helps me find new products. Like I don't always think about what the young kids want us to carry. So she'll mention certain things. And I go out and find it, and then I stress about it for a couple of months. Oh my god, it's gonna be so expensive to order. Now. And then, then I'll order it. But yeah, a lot of that, just the yeah, the product. Oh my gosh, I just met with someone today that has a refill shop in San Mateo, and that's kind of what I constantly want to talk about: is how do you know how much to order? How do you know when to order? How do you know what to? Yes.
0: Well, that sounds like it's a balance, right? That making sure you have enough on hand for when people want to come in and refill, but not having too much. And then, you know, making sure you are getting new products in. So, might be something that somebody else wants instead. And yeah, so it's a bit of a balancing act. I love that you are also kind of picking the brains of other shop owners and, you know, kind of getting what are they doing? How are they doing things? And, you had mentioned the Square that you are using. Is that like the Square charging thing that yeah. people, okay.
1: It's the point of sale system, which most new businesses use Square. It's very user-friendly and they really are set up to help a new business. Just keep track of customers, new customers, old customers. You can do your gift cards. Square is, has been great. And then I can, I can send an invoice. I can save a credit card on file and charge that same credit card. It offers a lot for a business owner. I do like Square very much.
0: It sounds like that made it really an easy decision for that part of it, going with that point of sale system, which is like one less thing to think about, right?
1: Yeah, and their screen is really visual. So like you can make categories, you can put all your shampoos under one tab, all your conditioners. So that makes it really easy to find thing, very user-friendly.
0: Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about when you start talking with people about this, is there anything that's like more shocking than other things when you're talking about, is it the percentage of plastic like we talked about earlier? Is that the most shocking thing that people are just like, whoa, I had no idea about that? Or would you say there's something else that surprises people the most? Yeah, this sustainable
1: world. What do you think
2: the most shocking thing?
1: Well, first of all, yes. Everyone is always shocked when we tell them just 8% of our plastic is recycled. They're like blown away by that. And I think everyone just assumes that it's all recycled. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that just recently I learned about is I get a lot of questions about the recycling world, even though I don't work at Recology, and Emma doesn't work at Recology, we still get asked a lot about that. And so I wrote a little blog about composting because now, January 1st, it became the law that homes and businesses must separate their organic material from their trash. That Turns out that when you mix organic material with trash, it traps those gases, which affects the greenhouse effect. So I kind of dug into like, why did they make it a law that we have to compost now? Now I have to have a compost bin on my counter and I have to put all my scraps in there. What's that all about? And so I came across the figure that if every household in America composted, separated their organic material from their trash, that it, in a year would be like taking 7.8 million cars off the road so when I tell people that like when people are frustrated why do I have to do that I don't want to and it's messy and and I just say that one thing it just shocks people that had no idea that just that simple fact of separating our trash and putting all your scraps and food items with your lawn clipping big effect that that if you say to yourself, I just don't want to talk about climate change because I can't do anything. That's one thing that you can easily do that directly
2: affects climate change. Paper towels go in the compost. Yeah. There's a bunch of like random things that you could just do put in the compost. It's huge. Yeah.
0: Okay. So paper towels can go in composting. Didn't know that.
2: Yeah. All your All year. groups. All your coffee grounds. Yeah. Is there anything else that is like,
1: well, little things like I do loosely tea so I can put my tea in there. But if you have tea bags, you know, snip that, put the tea leaves in there. Not all tea bags are made out of paper, some are made out of nylon plastic. Mm Meaning, so if you're not sure, you know, separate the tea out. But yeah, eggshells, meat scraps. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: That's great. Thank you for sharing that because that's a huge number. And it is such a little thing by just taking those food scraps and separating them from your trash and putting it with lawn stuff and what a difference it could make. And it's such a small thing.
1: Yes. And one thing that they tell us in Morgan Hills, I don't want to go buy those compostable bags they're expensive. And now I got to put all my scraps in those compostable bags. And then I say, no, they don't even want you to use those bags. They just want you to put all your scraps like in a paper bag or, or in newspaper. They don't even want you to use those bags. Those they are kind of stretchy. And then everyone's like, I don't have <laughs> to use no, they don't want you to oh, mine to be hard or expensive. So just yeah, lay out your newspaper, dump all the scraps from your compost bin, wrap it up, toss it in the green bin. It's just because it gets kind of slimy on the bottom of the green bin. So mm. kind of just get yourself a little layer of leaves or newspaper and then pile the stuff on it just so it doesn't create such a slimy thing on the very bottom. Good point. No compostable bag needed. Do not buy them. Thank you for sharing that would
0: never have had a clue so i I appreciate you educating me what i'd like to ask all of my guests is if there's books that they've read or are reading that you think would be beneficial for the listeners to check out so is there any that you could suggest that you've read that you think have been super
1: helpful that you want to share with us well we have a book that we sell in the yeah. shop And that'll be my little carrot. If you want to see it, come in and get it. And it's written by a local author and it's really, really great. But one thing I would say is lately, I've been looking and reading just a lot of simple cookbooks. Like I'm a fan of the Barefoot Contessa, like, you know, Ina Garten, Because now I'm really trying to not overbuy food. So I'm just trying to do a little bit more of Perusing a lot of kind of simple recipes and cookbooks that just use whole healthy food and lots of vegetables and that I'm buying for that because I don't want to have a bunch of food waste. So that's kind of been my thing lately is just trying to get back to that of not going out so much and not doing so much takeout. And just if I go and get this pack of organic chicken, what can I make with that throughout the week? If I'm buying this lettuce, what can I do with that? And what am I So I just don't want a lot of waste. Mm-hmm. I do have waste, by the way, we do, but it's getting less and less the more I'm sort of looking at these recipes and getting organized and not shoving stuff to the back of the refrigerator that just goes back. I have this other really great cookbook called Half Baked Harvest. And again, it's really lovely, just Lots of vegetables, but very easy to make food. So right now I'm just cookbooks. Big fan of okay.
0: Yeah. And I'll be sure to share the titles and the authors in the show notes so that way others can check them out. And do you listen to podcasts? Is there any podcasts that you do listen to that you think would be something that the listeners might want to check out?
1: Yeah. The one that I like the best is this by Brightly and it's called Good Together. Brightly is kind of a company that talks a lot about sustainable things. And they do have a podcast um, that's called Good Together. And yeah, I like the host and they have really good topics. I would recommend that. But just for pure pleasure, I'm totally hooked right now. I was telling you, there's a podcast that has nothing to do with sustainability, but it's more of just our world. And it's The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. Mm. it's been really really interesting to me uh, and it's kind of it's a feminist podcast for this particular one i recommend it
0: awesome well thank you and i'll include that in there as well and check that out because that sounds interesting it's definitely piqued my curiosity there and so thank you ladies so much for joining me on this show to wrap it up though, I would love for you to share, where can people follow your journey? Are you on Instagram, Facebook? I know you have a website if you'd like to share that as well. So people can learn a little bit more about the Filler Up shop.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, it's kind of meant this business is a family affair. So Emma and I run the shop and then my husband, Sal, he's kind of the tech, the nerd. So all of our things are really easy, I think, to remember. Like our email is literally email at fillerup shop. And then our website is fillerup.shop. And then on Instagram and Facebook, we're fillerup.shop. We we try to make it really easy for people to find us. Yeah, we are on Instagram, we're on Facebook. We have a great website. The address is 125 West Main in Morgan Hill.
0: Yeah, I love it. Thank you. You definitely made that easy to remember the filler up dot shop on like everywhere. So yeah. we know where to find you. I love it. And thank you again for being on the show with me. I so appreciate you sharing your knowledge and the information about what's happening with the percentage of recycled plastic, which my gosh, yikes. So now I know, and now the listeners know, and they can make just one small change, hopefully, and help improve the future for our children, right? And their children.
1: Well, and we always say the first time you come in, don't worry about buying anything, come and look like a field trip. And then you go home and you kind of ponder and think, what can I change? And then that's the beginning of the journey right there. Hey, and then I have a question
0: that just came up. Since you mentioned there was another shop in Northern California, do you have any connection with other shops in other places? Because there's listeners that are not just here locally, they're all over. So is there any kind of easy way that people could look up a local shop for them?
1: Yeah, I do get a lot of people will email me And they'll ask about it, but I think a good source is there's a website called litterless.com and it's by the state and you can look up your state and then it's by the city and you can see where is the shop. So it's not just in California. That is a really good source, litterless.com.
0: Excellent. I'll include that as well. That's a great resource. So thank you for sharing that. And again, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, for sure. But we'll talk soon. Okay. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be
0: sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and
2: empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks
1: again for listening.
0: Thank you all for being here. I'm thrilled to have you join me for my new podcast. If you found this episode enjoyable, I'd love for you to show your support by following, rating and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback will not only help me improve, but it will also help others discover the content. Happy listening.